This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 158, Becoming Your Youest You. If you feel like you're not good enough in any way, you self-abandon, you people-please, or you experience fear and shame on a regular basis, you might not be living your life as your fullest self. If you are craving for more self-love, deeper connections, and you're ready to stop pretending, today's episode is for you. For today's episode, I sat down with Julie Reisler. Julie describes herself as an interior designer for your soul. She's a mentor of hundreds of coaches, changemakers, and soulful entrepreneur, the host of the USU podcast, and the author of Get a PhD in You. She has been featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, the Chopra Center, Bustle and Thrive, Global, and more for her work as a coach, teacher, and conscious business leader. She is also a multi-time TEDx speaker and has spoken on stages throughout North America. She is a popular course creator on Inside Timer. She has her hands in a lot of things. Julie holds a master's degree in health and wellness coaching from the Maryland University of Integrative Health, and she's a professor at Georgetown University. Julie is also the founder of the Life Design Coach Academy, which is a leading edge program where she certifies life coach from all over the world. If this episode helps you in any way, I would love for you to share it so you can help someone else on the healing journey. As you leave a review on iTunes, you help them find it. And if you share your takeaways on social media, you do the same. And I love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode and you share something you've learned on Instagram, make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast. All right, let's get to today's episode with Julie. Hi, Julie. Hey, hey, Erica. So psyched to be here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to get us started for listeners that might not know you yet? Yeah, I mean, that is a very big question. I will try to narrow it down and just say I come by this work very honestly. I've been doing a lot of inner journeying work for the last 20 plus years, started through an addiction. I struggled with addiction, specifically sugar food addiction, but it also certainly showed up in other aspects of life and addictive behaviors. And it got my butt into, thankfully, I decided to start working with, you know, coaches and counselors, support groups, all kinds of support to really excavate me and realizing in that journey that I really, really like should have gotten a master's degree in people pleasing in, you know, doing whatever I thought was needed to be approved and pushing down feelings. And I would say, you know, after years and years of doing this kind of really deep inner work, I started to see and really feel the difference of that deep self-love, self-connection, and really being your, what I call your USU, your higher self. And so much so I went back and got a master's degree in coaching from a mindful integrative approach. And I now today have my own business, eight years in, I founded a life coaching academy. I teach as a professor at Georgetown University. I coach hundreds of leaders and entrepreneurs, and I've written books and, and done TED Talks. And honestly, so grateful. What I have shifted in my own life and constantly working on is really to help, especially women, to, to excavate their gifts, their higher mm. self their best self. And that is my obsession because I do believe when you start to love and honor yourself, it's a game changer. The whole world changes. Everything becomes possible all of a sudden. Yep. Everything. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. So you mentioned the UST you kind of being the theme of a lot of the work you do. You have the podcast of the same name, which I love the name. 
when we think about how to become our higher self version that you were talking about, what gets in the way? Like, what makes us forget who we are? Like, how do we lose sight of that person in the first place? What happens? You mentioned a few little ideas in your intro about your own journey and addiction, but for people that might not relate directly to that, what else? What else gets in the way? Yeah. Oh, I can. <laughs> How long do we have? I can tell you right off the bat. Well, I think some of the basics that get in the way, you know, self-abandonment, judgment of ourselves, fear, shame. These are some of the big, big ones, you know, not feeling good enough, anything with the like not enoughness. Okay. Any of those big ones, <laughs> resentments. And I would even say, you know, oftentimes it can be, it can be trauma and it can be, you know, for me, it was a lot of inner inflicted, whether it's happened to you, or you do it to yourself, but that shame, that feeling not good enough, the self-abandonment, those are to be really, really carefully looked at and dealt with because those can absolutely get in the way for a lifetime of allowing mm-hmm. you to express as your best self, your USU for sure. And so I'm happy to talk about that. Yet those to me are the ones, I know that's the super plate special that I dealt with a lot. Yeah, of course. And I think a lot of our listeners can connect to that. We've talked about people pleasing codependency. We've talked about, you know, perfectionism and these things, because those are all ways that we are trying to get a check on the box of the list of the things we are supposed to do in life and that, oh, we want to be successful. You're supposed to do this. You want to be happy. You're supposed to do that. And you forget to actually check in if that's what you want. And that's aligned with your values, your purpose, what you desire. So like all of these things, and then all the emotion that, like you say, so much shame around who we are, if we were told you're to this or to that, and then you like, okay, I'm not that anymore. Never mind. <laughs> to let me pretend I am something different to get your love and to get your validation and appreciation from our caretakers and all the people in our life, you know? Yeah. The thing you just said, I think it's really important to highlight because as you said it, it kind of lit up for me is the pretending. And I think this is very connected to self-abandonment and it's something mm-hmm. I know I actually did have an acting background, which is ironic because it's where you do pretend. <laughs> You don't have to be an actress or an actor. You don't, you don't have to have that training. I mean, literally, you know, as human beings, we know this. I mean, basic psych 101 is understanding human psychology, human behavior is we want to be loved. We want to fit in, you know, connection is key. So, you know, all of this is done. You could call it your ego, your protector, the part of you, the saboteurs, the part of you that is like, we at all costs are going to make sure that you are protected or that you are loved and accepted. And so what happens is, you might pretend to like someone that you don't. I mean, I had to deal with this in ending a marriage that it was really not aligned. Good person, really good person in my first marriage. And and there were a lot of things I'm like, whoa, I didn't even realize I was not fully speaking up. So that pretending can also be not speaking up. It can also Mm -hmm. be pretending that you're okay with something when you're not. And it doesn't have to just be relationships. But the thing is, it affects the relationship with you and yourself in that relationship. We are not typically taught this. I really believe illness, ailments, issues in, you know, that we have mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually all come down to the relationship between you and yourself. And if you're pretending you're hiding it from yourself, if you're doing that, I can tell you right now, we go way into that that is going to lead you down that path eventually. And hopefully that's why we're talking about it because you're hiding parts of yourself. You're abandoning parts of yourself. And I just don't believe we're supposed to do that. We're just not taught to. It's not in our society. It's not in our culture. 
for many of us. It's not taught. Yeah. And I totally, totally agree with you. And it's my experience as well. It comes out a certain way. Like for you, you mentioned like addiction. That's one way that it came out is one way you needed to soothe yourself to deal with the self-abandonment and the feeling of self-rejection as well. And like the hatred that comes from that, the inner violence that comes from that, even if you're not like verbally bullying yourself, like just the fact that you're not honoring yourself that way, like it comes across in your nervous system as violent. It's very difficult. And I suffered from eating disorder as well and addiction as well, and like really intense illness and chronic pain for decades before I started to look into like, where is this coming from more than just my body is doing something wrong? Like, where is the energetic source of these issues? So let's say listeners are like, okay, well, I don't have disordered eating. I don't have addiction. I'm not ill. What are some maybe smaller signs that they might have lost that connection and they might self-abandon a little bit, but they're not quite yet aware of it? Yeah, I got a couple big time ones. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Love Easy it. Easy to spot. Yeah. And then again, not everybody is going to soothe through addiction, but one of the ways to notice this is the way you're talking to yourself. Literally, how are you speaking to yourself? And the best way I know to do this is to track it, to take a day, ideally a week, and you just jot down when you notice you have to become more of an observer. And this goes mm-hmm. into a whole piece of creating more mindfulness. We got to be a conscious and aware enough to see, oh, you know what, what I just said to myself, and that can come as comparing myself to somebody else, feeling not good enough, all of that. So when you start, you know, kind of being crappy and crapping on yourself, you got to really, really like, look at that. That is an indication of being mean to yourself. That is probably one of the best tools. The best things you can do is study, observe, and notice how you speak to yourself, the internal dialogue. I'm sure you know this in people listening. You know, we have around 70,000 thoughts a day and we say things, you know, all kinds of thoughts. Many of those thoughts are just really, really not kind. I've done a lot of shifting in that. It's not that they're all changed to being like positive at all times, but I can tell you I'm on it. You know, I (laughs) spotted a mile away. So you want to get really cognizant and notice what are you saying to yourself? That's one of the best things you can see. The other thing is, you know, look and see what is happening in your life right now is an indication of your beliefs, of your desires, of your thoughts. So, you know, where are there deep you know, dreams, desires, goals that are being pushed aside? Where are you putting yourself second, third, fourth, last on the list? You wanted to start that side hustle. You wanted to start dating, whatever it is, not to condemn it, but just look and see where have I pushed something really important to me to the side and not made an important. That's another form of abandonment. Yeah. What are the results I'm having? What am I manifesting in my life right now? Yeah. From a place of compassion, one of the most important things I've had to learn this a little bit the hard way is whenever you observe, you want to do that from compassion, from kindness, just like you would with a friend or someone you're working with, you would never be shitty to them, hopefully, you know, so you want to really look at yourself as the sacred self you are and get, we're not perfect, but look and see, okay, you know, Hmm. Interesting. I've been pushing everything. And then of course, under that is often imposter syndrome and not good enough. So there's a lot of rocks to turn over and to look under, but yeah, exactly what you said, look and see what you've manifested, what's happening in your life that will tell you where you're placing yourself. Are you abandoning your gifts, your dreams, your voice? 
The last one is more mm-hmm. of a physical in nature. And even if I hope anyone listening doesn't have physical ailments, doesn't experience that, but I would be very, very cognizant and notice and aware of your body. So, you know, if you're in a relationship, if you're in a job, if you're in a situation where it feels heavy, it feels overwhelming, you know, words like this is soul crushing. This is like weight on my shoulders. Watch what you're saying and watch what you're feeling. Our bodies do not lie. I just did a one day energy medicine, incredible kind of tune up. And I'll tell you, our bodies communicate first to our mind. It's not the other way around. So notice what your body is telling you. And that is another place to see where you might not be fully processing your emotions and abandoning yourself. Mm, Yes. Those are really good things to look for, for sure. One thing I hear in this and that we've talked recently on the podcast is being a safe space for yourself Mm -hmm. and how the idea of safety that we create in our life or we experience in our life will affect the work that we're able to do further down the line, right? And I know I've heard you talk about safety before. So how do you create safety and how do you help your clients so they create the container that they are able to then take the steps to have compassion and look at themselves with curiosity without being like so judgmental and critical of themselves. So I will try to answer that as simply as possible. And (laughs) these are simple tools, right? They're really simple. It's not always easy to implement, but I think it's threefold. I think number one, you know, becoming a safe presence for yourself. First of all, the more that you can do that with yourself, the more I can do that myself, the more we can do that with others. Mm -hmm. Number one, having presence, having a sense of connection and groundedness, mindfulness. So one, if you do not have any kind of practice, it does not have to be a meditation. Meditation has a lot of forms. You know, meditation can be guided. It can be humming. It can be a mantra. It could be walking in nature, just listening to the sounds, something daily that's going to have you pay attention. You know, as John Kabat-Zinn says, the father of mindfulness, we want to learn to be paying attention without judgment. We want to be in the moment. So we got to build the muscle. We've literally, and I have seen this myself, build a muscle of not judging what's happening. The best way to do that, mindfulness practices. Yoga is another one. So number one, you got to cultivate, you got to cultivate that environment. It's hard to create it if you don't have it. Number two is just noticing what is happening. I said it earlier, what you're saying to yourself, what's happening, become an observer. The cornerstone of that is curiosity, but, you know, becoming really curious. Think about it. When you're curious, usually we can only focus on one thing at a time. You're not going to be judging and attached. So we've got to let go of attachment and judgment. So being curious without attachment or judgment. And the third one I personally believe in, I believe this is like, it's kind of my religion is kindness. I really believe if we can learn to be kind, kind to your mind, kind to yourself. And that takes time. You are not seeing that on most TV shows in most places, although it is shifting. I think if you look for it, you know, this is what we're talking about here, being kind, like what does kindness mean to you? And how can you be that? If you want to create a world that's kinder, that's more uplifting. We've got to start with ourselves. It's how it works. Everything on the outside is going to be a reflection of the inside. So mindfulness, curiosity without attachment and kindness. Mm, Yeah. It is simple, but yeah, when it's time to put in action, if you've done for the last 20, 30, 40 years, the same pattern that is different than that, it takes a minute to kind of break that groove and that momentum, right? 
So we need to like, as we observe and try to just step-by-step, like in little areas where it feels more easy to begin with, and then any amount, like it adds on over time. Yeah. You know, I think this is where, whether it's a coach or someone who's working with you, it's very helpful to have somebody be a support, be accountability with you. One of the things I like to do, you know, I'm sure many of us and people listening, I can literally geek out on like spreadsheets and, and notes and things <laughs> like that, because it's helpful though. To, literally, I track a lot of these different behaviors because I like to see the change over time. And so having someone to work with you, that's why I went back and got my master's degree in this whole field of health and wellness coaching of how do you change behavior? How do you change your state? How do you change so that you can feel calm and peaceful and happy and connected and be, you know, at home in yourself and certainly having others to support you can be really helpful. It's hard to do this on your own. I mean, the book I wrote is about this. I mean, it's what changed my life. Like I literally was going, you know, in life, like asleep at the wheel. That's another sign we're on autopilot. (laughs) (laughs) Autopilot is like step four. Absolutely. Because I didn't want to deal. I didn't want to look at it. I wasn't ready to. What I'm seeing, I mean, I'm seeing this, you know, a lot of women all over the globe is there's a wake up, a waking up that's happening. Thank goodness. Like (laughs) we're waking up. And part of what I think is being said in the like undercurrent is it's time to love and honor myself. It's just time. Like I'm not willing to be shitty anymore. Don't want to act like that or be that Take it from anybody else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And from ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you brought in with the accountability of the coach. I also think that it's important to have people that help us notice and celebrate as we move along this path, you know, like, Hey, did you see, did you hear yourself? Right. Because we might not notice even as we start to change, like if we're not paying that close attention, it's nice to have someone that knows we're on this path or on this path with us and are able to point and help us celebrate. Because I think that's an important part of this whole journey is celebrating ourselves. Oh my gosh, that and not taking any of this too seriously. I know for me as like a, I'm guessing you and anyone listening is probably overachiever. Like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm a type A, but I'm certainly not a type B. I'm like somewhere in the middle, like probably a type A (laughs) minus. And where it's like, you know, that constant desire, you know, a lot of heart-centered women leaders, people want to make a difference. And it's important to celebrate and not take ourselves too seriously. That has like been a big learning in this past year for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Me too. (laughs) I've heard you talk about how we can turn fear into faith. So the idea here for me, like, is if we cultivate safety for ourselves and we create that container for ourselves, how can that help us move towards our purpose, towards our destiny, towards our fate, in your opinion? Well, I think the piece that glues this together and I'll be careful with my words and please anyone, you know, whoever's listening, like, please use the words that work for you. To me, you know, when we start creating a safe space for ourselves, the way I feel and see about it is it allows me to be a conduit for something greater. So whether you call that the universe or God or goddess or cosmic intelligence or the infinite one, whatever Mm -hmm. you call that, when I create sacred space for myself and safe space for myself, I am treating myself, I believe, we're treating ourselves the way the infinite love intelligence is us. And what I've seen is it leads to this ability to, frankly, to express, to be a conduit, to be a channel for something way greater. This is where learning to tune and trust your intuition. This is where faith comes in. 
letting mm-hmm. go then. And that's to me, the glue is, you know, that faith is knowing there's something greater that is you that's around you that wants to come through you as you and being open to it. I was not able to fully be open to that when I was abandoning myself. So that safe space and get this too, when you do that for somebody else, you are creating a space for something greater, the higher power, the divine to come through both of you, but especially the person you're supporting. So this is why, I mean, I've seen this, Erica, I've seen the miracles, the blessings that come when you step into a space that you're of kindness of being, you know, of having that faith of saying, yes, I'm here and I'm going to step forward in shine brighter and be a greater impact in this world. It's hard to do that if you're being, you know, crappy to yourself and you're staying in self-loathing and abandoning yourself. So for me, what helps me to get through the fear of frankly, the times when I'm like, who do I think I am to do that? Mm-hmm. Who does she think she is to do that? That's my next book, by the way, which is literally who does she think she is? It's this voice that we have, right? That's like, I don't know who I am to do that. Well, that voice starts to get very quiet the more that you are kind and curious and mindful and realize, oh, you know what? It's actually not even about you anyhow. It's not about me anyhow. It's about something greater. So we just went there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's important to go there and like our listeners are yogis. So like to talk about universal consciousness and what I hear is oneness is like when you stop self-abandoning, when you stop creating that separateness between you and others saying, I am different. I am not enough. I am all those beliefs. And you start to become, you know, in that vibration of like, we are all the same. We are all coming from the same source, whatever you call that source. When you bring in the idea of oneness, you know that by hurting yourself, you hurt others. Like there's things that start to shift and it's easier to be kind and it's easier to be generous and it's easier to be patient, you know? And I think that allows us to then cultivate trust. And this is where the future or purpose or faith, like everything comes, it has to come with trust because without that, we can't surrender to what's possible. We're like holding on. Like when you were talking about non-attachment, like to non-attach, you have to trust, you have to let go of the gripping of what you expect things are supposed to be and allow yourself to flow with what is actually happening instead of what you want it to happen. Yeah. Exactly. And I love the correlation. I'm thinking of, you know, yoga meeting union, right? And I'm thinking I had a back injury earlier this year. It's been a really big lesson and gift. And one of the forms of yoga that I do now, yoga nidra and surrender, which is like literally letting go. <laughs> Talk mm-hmm. about, you know, overachiever type. It's like one of the best gifts, though, is and I think what we're talking about it's hard. It is hard. It's hard yet the more we practice that, you know, I think of it like you want to lay down the tracks of faith. We got to lay down the train tracks of faith so that we build that muscle where everything runs on faith, runs on surrender. That is a total shift in orientation. That's what I've noticed in myself and what I've noticed with clients now for the last decade with clients and myself longer. And it's not always there. I mean, sometimes I have to remind myself, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's train tracks that are faith. Oh yeah. The train is on those tracks. Even if I don't see them ahead, it doesn't matter. You know, that surrender, that letting go, it's all to me in that same energy of allowing, not having to know everything and the answers and controlling what I've seen is life is like just 10 times more impactful and beautiful 
in allowing yourself to do that. And it, you know, it can take time, but we're all able to do that. It's for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that allowing comes with our reclaiming of the feminine, you know, and like, it's such a feminine thing to receive. And we've been thought to be more masculine, to be more productive, to be more successful, like in the way of this culture and allowing is a different energy. Oh yeah. I'll just share really quickly, Erica, that was the gift of what happened with my back. I had been like pushing myself in, overdoing it, exercising, and just in general, my energy. And I was walking outside. I mean, I I couldn't move. It was really scary. I mean, I'm Mm. not you know, I'm in my forties. This is not like I'm at 85 right yet. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> or, you know, hopefully in 85, we'll also not have that issue. However, I was walking around the lake near me and I just started bawling. I was so upset. It hurt so much. And I just stopped and I asked my back, I put my hand in my heart. We have mm. incredible connection. We have intelligence in our heart. And I like to ask myself like, what the heck's going on? I asked my heart and I asked my back and I just said, what? Like, what is happening? I don't understand right now. I'm really upset and I'm scared. And I just heard literally in my inner voice, I heard, stop putting so much pressure on me. And I heard that and it was like, whoa, okay. I need to go evaluate and reevaluate everything and energy of how I'm doing everything. And now today, 10 months later, it was one of my biggest lessons and gifts. I literally didn't about face So I say this because I had to surrender my way of taking care of myself, my routine, my way of moving. And in that surrender, I was able to receive a whole new way of operating that is much more connected in that feminine energy of flow and receiving. So even getting curious, you know, if there is abandonment, if there is, you're putting pressure on yourself, maybe it comes through with your shoulders or there's something else happening with you, stress headaches, like ask your body ask what it, she, he, and they need ask because in ourselves is cellular, you know, intelligence and information. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once we are on that process and we've created a safe space for ourselves and we're practicing kindness and trust and surrender, what's the next step to like really connect to that youest you like to find a little further, you talked about exploration before, like how do we explore and find out who we are if we forgot? Yeah. So I call it like you is you, my me is me. I know all these pronouns are funny. <laughs> I love it. Our we is we is like the unity consciousness of it. I'm laughing because, you know, I do have a book that like guides you to do that. I mean, literally it's called get a PhD in you. The whole point is it is full of activities and questions, but some people don't love working through books or that's not their jam. I mean, I personally think working with a coach is a fantastic way to kind of get in there, but I'll give mm-hmm. a couple of things you can do if you're not into working with a coach right now. You don't want to read the book. You just want to get started. Number one, you really want to get like, what lights you up? Where does your energy expand? We're made of energy. We know this. Everything is energy. If you're constricting, that's a place that you don't feel as safe, that you're trying to protect. When you expand, your heart opens. So what gives you energy? A good place to look? Go look when you were younger. What did you do that you love to do? And what was it? What were the qualities? How did you feel? Are you doing any of that now? And this is actually what changed my life about 20-ish years ago. I realized, oh my God, these things I love to do, I'm not doing them. And I literally consciously was like, I'm going to start doing these things. And I really like changed part of my life to incorporate those things that are still in my life today. So look and see what is it that just naturally gave you joy? You know, you felt lit up about, energized. And look and see today, where are you feeling energized and where are you feeling depleted? 
A lot of times career, not for all of us, but some, you know, you might feel like, you know, I have a good job, but something is missing. Well, you may not be able to leave your job today. So maybe there's a side gig or a hobby Mm -hmm. or a passion. So energy, tap into energy. What is lighting you up? What is not? You want to do an inventory and journal, reflect, talk it out with a close friend, make a date once a week with a friend or yourself and start looking at what's giving energy, what's taking away energy. That's a really important place to start. I would say like just going there because from that you can start to see, okay, next would be, you know, what is that greater? What are those greater visions? What feels purposeful? You may not have one purpose only. It might be, you know, if you're into yoga, you might feel like, you know, I want to teach yoga. I want to talk about yoga. I want to work with children. I want to work with learning disabled children in yoga. You know, maybe it's, adding it to, you know, I have kids, they go to school. Like I've brought mindfulness to their school before. It doesn't have to be your whole career, but look and see what's moving you. What are those visions, those dreams, those goals, those desires? The other one I would say is to do a values inventory and assessment. Mm-hmm. There's a great one. It's a free values assessment, the VIA assessment. It's free. And you just want to look and see like, what are the values that you hold to be core to you? And are you living them or not? And it's helpful because the truth is we're all authors of our life. I forget this sometimes myself. I teach this stuff and I forget it. (laughs) So, you know, it's like daily reminders, right? Like I, am I living according to my values? Like if kindness love, like, you know, part of what I do in my work, what you're doing, this is part of my value to be of service. Like, absolutely. So I think those are some good tips to start with. Certainly pay attention. The more you can pay attention and notice what's life-giving, what's life-depleting, what are connected to your values, what are not, what are those greater visions, dreams, goals, passions, purpose. These are some good places. And then you can start to narrow down and reverse engineer. Mm. So that reverse engineer is when you're ready to take actions to actually show up as that in your life, right? Absolutely. And sometimes it happens organically. I didn't actually go through this process intentionally. Kind of was like, oh my gosh, I went back and started getting back into doing, you know, work on camera work and creative work. And then I went back to get my degree and I really value being of service. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to leave my job. I was a single mom at the time, two kids under the age of five. And I don't know that that was smart, but I left my job, my day job, because I felt intuitively like I'm ready to do these things. I want to make an impact like that. So when we feel it intuitively, we're not wrong. Like it is not a not smart decision. If like, I don't think our intuition can actually bring us off path. It might not sound smart for the people around us. Like it may be hard for us to explain intellectually why it's going to be a good idea. But I think if it really comes from inside, you can trust it. Absolutely. I say that because I knew it and I followed it, you know, and close friends were like, Julie, whatever you you follow your North star. My friends at work were like, wow, are you sure? (laughs) Like, are you, Uh you have two kids, you're doing this solo. Like, what are you, I believe in you. Like, huh? And I was like, I just know this. So absolutely. This is part of the whole goal is to trust your inner wisdom, your intuition. We all have it. I see it as a superpower. So I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people have a lot to work with already, but I want to ask one last thing before we wrap this up. If they're like, okay, but it's hard, you know, like, okay, I hear you, but, and but, and but, What's the cost of not doing this work? How how do we help nudge people into that direction of yeah. 
doing what's difficult. So the cost is the thing that got me to really wake up. And that was, I had a flash forward where I had a moment. I actually saw it visually way in the future of my life towards the end. The cost is getting to the last day, days, breaths of your life and looking back and saying, shit, I really wish that I had listened and followed my passion and my gifts. I really wish I had loved myself. I really wish I could have seen what that would have been like. Regret. Absolutely. I mean, that for me is the driver. I don't try to focus on, I don't want to live in a negative sense like that, but yet it's a fire under my butt. It really is. Mm -hmm. It fuels. So the cost is continuing through life where you're not awake, where you are going to start to see, frankly, (laughs) ailments, health issues, mental issues. I mean, I can tell you because I've done it. Yeah. It's not fun. It's no bueno. It is not a good time. And frankly, it doesn't add to the planet. It doesn't add life and love and energy. And so if you want to make an impact, if you want to help others, the most loving selfless thing you can do is actually what some might think of as selfish. It's the opposite is love, invest, infuse energy into yourself because it will shift your whole energy, your vibration, your frequency, and your perspective, which we know miracles literally are shift in perspective. So if you want miracles, the cost is living a life where you're half there and Mm -hmm. writing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that the suffering that comes from not taking action in the long run is way more than the suffering, quote unquote, it takes to do what's uncomfortable in the moment. You know, the short-term versus the long-term, that long-term suffering and the consequences on your health and your relationships and everything else around is very costly. 100%. Oh yeah. Anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's like one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with today, what would that be? I would just say, yeah, this is what's coming to me. This and I didn't actually even say this yet. So I'm glad you asked me that question is perfect. One of the things I think that really is under all of this is a lack of self-worth, is worthiness. And the thing I want to say, this is really important, is that you and I, none of us have to earn worthiness. It is not something you need to earn or pay for or to somehow accumulate because you were born, because you were one of the 140 trillion like possibilities of being who you are being born. Let's just get that as crazy in itself. You are worthy just alone, period. You're worthy, period. So any of that mind chatter of the saboteur that judges that says, hey, who am I to do this? I'm not good enough worthiness. It's not true. There is zero. So please, please, please. If you get nothing else, just remember, and even affirm that, you know, I'm worthy. You're worthy of love, of abundance and prosperity. You're worthy of joy and fulfillment, and you're worthy to have a life that you love and that can give to others as well. All of us are worthy. And let's remember the unity piece, right? We're all of the same energy. So if I'm worthy and you're worthy, hello, everyone who's listening and everybody in this planet, we're worthy. Baby Say people. it all together. Yeah. <laughs> worthy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll put all your info in the show notes, obviously, but in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you? If they want to say hello, they want to work with you in some capacity, where do they go? What can they look for? Yeah. So I always say if someone hears us and feels inclined and they feel ready. You know, I've been coaching and mentoring for many, many, many years. I still take a few one-on-one clients. I love this work. I love it so, so much because it's changed my life and many, many, many lives. 
just go to my website, which is julieriesler.com. I'm sure you'll have it down there. You can find me on all social media channels, just at my name, Julie Riesler. And if anyone's listening who either is a coach or has thought of becoming a coach or just wants to be in a total transformational program where you will learn not just how to hold sacred space for yourself, but others. I've been teaching coaching at Georgetown for years. I now have my own certification program that does bring in healing arts and mind, body science and intuition and heart math and positive psychology. So, and that is on my website. You want to become a coach. I've had many coaches and people that were like, I don't even know if I want to do this, but I just want to be in a program where you're going to be literally changing your life from the inside out in the best ways. Mm, Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was a very important chat we had. Erica, thank you. And I want to just say like, truly thank you for the work you're doing and following your intuition and having me as a guest and having so many amazing souls here. I think what you're sharing with your community and beyond, like we need these kinds of words of wisdom and your heart is clearly in this and just appreciate you and who you are in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave your review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. If the episode has helped you, you can pass it on and help someone else find it by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave a review to say thank you, I'll give you access to our premium podcast membership for free for a full month. Send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. You'll find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 158. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for the support in making this possible, and that includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next Monday.